0: Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and the Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Someone says something, does something, confesses something. It's wrong. They're wrong. But do we have the right to be offended? What gospel benefit comes from our being angry? Is righteous anger even possible for us? So here's the hypothesis. We're not entitled to get offended or stay angry. What if giving up your right to be offended can be one of the most freeing, healthy, simplifying, relaxing, refreshing, stress relieving, encouraging things you could possibly do? Could it be that giving up our right to be angry over every and any offense could be our greatest witness of the power of Jesus Christ in our lives? Maybe we should talk about this? morning welcome all of you to this second sunday in our bridge uh, worship series unoffendable thank you uh, also for joining us online those of you who are joining us in that way and just as a real brief um you may recognize my face kind of if uh, you haven't met me before because you've seen my father he is one of the pastors here Uh, my name's dave and uh i look like him uh, I've also been given the great privilege of helping to, to serve our church by um, being the site uh, campus planter for our new campus, uh, The Bridge in Milwaukee, uh, just south of Oklahoma on 76th. Uh, we're getting that started. It's very exciting, uh, and in fact, if you look in your service folder, you'll see a QR code that can lead you to pizza. Uh, we're going to have two uh, open houses uh, this week and next week. Just as a way, if you're interested in helping out with that, or if you just want to learn more about what's going on, or if you're curious and you want to see the building, or if you just like pizza, you can come, and we'll do that, and it'll be fun. So uh, please do take a look at that. But to get started, really, in the message today, I want to begin with just the very first verse from our Bible reading, Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, there's one little thing in that Bible verse that's slightly different from the way I remember it as a kid. When I was a kid, I remember that being, you know, Peter just saying, if my brother sins against me, and here it says, my brother or sister. And that's a good thing. And you probably didn't expect me to focus on that as something important, but it is a good thing because it keeps us in the right perspective. Because Peter was not talking about anybody specific here, he was just being general. And brothers and sisters is the way we, are, we speak more generally now. It's good English, keeps us in the right perspective. But what if we took the wrong perspective? Or even worse, what if someone who was there took the wrong perspective? What if Peter said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother who sins against me? And Andrew, Andrew is Simon Peter's brother, was one of the disciples. What if he was there and he heard Peter say, what if my brother sins against me? He goes, oh, oh, you're talking about me? My brother sins against me. Sounds like you got something to say, Peter. How many times should I forgive? Oh, you're keeping track now, are you, Peter? Peter. And apparently I've done this to you multiple times. Well, how about you and I sit down, I've got a list for you as well, Peter, let's talk this. Sometimes taking a different perspective is not a good thing. Usually we we think about, we talk about a different perspective as a good thing, and usually it is, but only if it's the right perspective, only if it's one that is helpful, correct, useful. We human beings, we have a tendency to put ourselves in places that we don't belong. We have a tendency to take er, perspectives that we probably should not take. We have a tendency to make things that are about other people and take those and make them about us. We have a tendency to make things that are about us. We take those and we make those about other people. We put ourselves in the wrong place. We have that tendency. There is one of those especially, one place that we put ourselves that we really do not belong, and it's the place of anger. We put ourselves in that one, and we have a tendency to just try to take the judge's seat from God, and we, we put ourselves somewhere where we don't belong. And if you look at the the cover of this book, highly recommend. I, I really encourage you. There are copies of it out there. Get one. Buy it. Read it. Highlight it. It is a good book. The subtitle here says, How Just One Change Can Make All of Life Better. That's a bold claim, isn't it? And at first, it almost sounds like a late-night infomercial, like you're expecting me to suddenly go, but wait, there's more. Before you write it off, think about the last couple days. Think about the last couple days and just imagine how one change from anger to mercy might make all of life better. See, if, if some of you are following along in the service folder and you're trying to use that outline, you can give up it's not going to work? Because on Friday morning when I was working on this sermon, all of a sudden I got an email and it it seemed like the world changed. And so the sermon changed, sorry. I got that email from Pastor Pete, my dad, about the Supreme Court ruling. And And I prayed that prayer that he sent. And if you haven't seen that prayer, I highly recommend it. Read it, pray it. And I agree. I agree that uh, I'm also thankful to God for the gift of life and this decision that reflects the precious nature of the life of the unborn. But after I prayed that prayer, then I went and looked at the news. And on the Internet, I found this. Throw my one visual aid up for me. There it is. I don't know when this picture was taken, but it was the first picture I saw when I started searching news. What struck me was the number of megaphones. And then I got onto social media, and I found people shouting, and and the other reason that this picture strikes me is that it's both sides, right? There's so much anger. People that are angry about this decision, people that are angry about the reaction to the decision, people who are trying to provoke anger in those who are upset about the decision, just anger, 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 anger. Maybe just one change from anger to mercy could make all of life better. And that can go away. That picture can go away because now we're going to take a peek back into God's Word. And not just that first verse of our reading, but we're going to read this whole thing. And it's one that I think very much shows us how easy it is for us to put ourselves in the wrong place. How easy it is for us to put ourselves in that place of anger rather than the place of mercy. Matthew chapter 18. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. That last line's a heavy one, isn't it? And there's a lot of anger in this reading. There's a lot of kind of shocking scenes. You've got this, this servant, this unmerciful servant, choking his fellow servants. You've got God, the king, angry, angry, consigning him to punishment, to torture, till he pays back all he owes. So much anger. Why? What's in there? Well, first, let's take a look at that unmerciful servant, that merciful, that servant who so desperately wants to be paid back. What kind of debt is he so upset about? You know, it, it's shocking because he has just come from the throne room of the great king. He has come from the throne room of forgiveness and and mercy and freedom. And, And what he has just received does not seem to match with what he does. He comes out of that freedom, and the first thing he does, he goes and he finds, he searches out somebody so that he can find a way to not forgive as he was forgiven. Just like that, so quick. And when he does, he gets there and he finds this man and he's so angry. Pay back what you owe me, pay! Doesn't match. That anger doesn't match with the forgiveness that he's just received. But what does match? The words. Did you notice that? The words are the same. The exact same words that he falls on his knees, even the posture is the same. He falls on his knees and he says, "I be patient with me, and I will pay back everything." And then his fellow servant, again, same posture, kneeling, "Be patient with me, and I will pay it back." How could he not see the mirror image? How could he not be merciful, like the king had been merciful to him? What kind of debt is he talking about? It's not money. I just came from the financial industry. That was my last job. And I can tell you that people get very upset about money when it's taken from them, especially if they feel that it was not just, right? I've had many, many conversations with people about bank fees. There's anger, right? But this isn't money. Peter didn't come to Jesus and ask him a question about money. He came and asked a question about sin, yeah, this is the same word, the same picture. So Jesus goes back to the, the Lord's prayer that he taught them. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is a sin debt. People can have strong reactions to losing money, but there are things that can be taken that are far, far more precious than money, things that people react far more fiercely to than losing money. See, money can be repaid. But can you repay? Can a father repay a child for a childhood that's just not, it just wasn't what it was supposed to be? Can you repay that? Can, can the person who took your innocence from you? Can they they give that back to you? Can someone repay you for your shattered confidence, your broken reputation, your, your damaged or dying body? No. None of those things can be repaid. And yet they can be taken and they can be taken by other people and it hurts. And so we get angry. We get angry because that person took some us, something from us that we needed and that we wanted so badly. And now, now the fact that it is gone, the fact that there's a hole there that isn't going to get filled because they can't put it back, can become a part of us now. And it hurts. And we get angry. This is the hundred silver coins. it's that sin between one person and another it's that hurt between one person and another and brothers and sisters here here's one of the wrong perspectives that i'd like to share with you today a wrong perspective that we take and that we hold on to The person who hurt me is going to pay me back. No, they're not. Because they can't. And you know, maybe they can make amends. And that's great, and we should try. That's a good thing. Making amends is a great thing. But none of us can change the past. None of us can go back and fix the past. We can't do it. And so if we hold on to that, percep- that, that perspective The person who hurt me is going to pay me back. You're asking them to pay a debt that they can't ever pay. I've been there, I've tried it. Have you? You might find that you become very much like that unmerciful servant. You get angry. And the more you think about it, the more you see that person, the more you think about that person, every time they come up, you just want to choke them because they took that from you. And then you start to go looking just like he went looking. Because it's really easy to find what you're looking for, right? Especially with people. That person comes, you see that person again, oh, I know what's going to happen now. It's that person again. And that person is going to do what they do. They're going to do what they did before. and, And they're going to take something from me again. They're going to take my peace. They're going to take my heart. They're going to take my mind. And then lo and behold, it happens just the way I thought it would, or at least I think it did. Lo and behold, they did it just like I said they would. I have become the self-fulfilling prophet of my own pain. And if I do that, I get angrier and angrier until I can't take it anymore. Do we understand the hundred silver coins? there are so many people that I owe a hundred silver coins to. And that helps me understand the 10,000 bags of gold. If I were to gather up all those piles of silver coins, all of my silver coins, all the ways that I've heard other people, and I just start gathering them, I'll pool them together, put them in a bag, and then maybe I'll take yours, and we'll put those in the bag, and yours too, and yours. We'll put them all into this bag, and you know, at this point, we're going to have to exchange for gold because the silver—it's just too much. It's too heavy. We got to, we got to get the gold in there, and maybe yours too, and maybe hundreds of piles of silver coins from hundreds of people, and then maybe billions of people, the entire world, all of those bags of gold of of all of those hurts, the heavy, heavy, heavy price, and let's put all of that on one person. All of that debt on our God. Because with all the hurt, all the pain, all the, all the struggles, the anger that we feel, do we feel these things alone? Or does our God bleed with us? He does every sin that has ever been inflicted on a person, every hurt that's ever been inflicted on a person, God has felt it. God has endured it. You're not alone in that. Of all the amazing things about our God, this is the one that has captured my imagination this week, is just how great is the heart of Of our God. How huge is his patience and love? How can it possibly be that he hasn't cut off? I can't take any more of this. I can't take any more of it day after day. I count, and God just continues to take it how huge how great is the patient heart of our god that he has endured the heartbreak of billions of years for thousands of years and yet he still loves us the master And if the case and it is, the perspective that I am not the judge, I am, I am this forgiven sinner. And my job was sure how is it that I can still get so is directly proportional to our perception of our own resistance. Did you catch that word relative? It's a comparison word. It's a judgment word. For me to be angry at you, for me to maintain that anger and keep up that anger, I have to put myself in the wrong place. I have to put myself up here on this. I can look down at you and say, How dare you do that? Not just how dare you do that, right? But how dare you do that to me? poor, innocent me, and suddenly put ourselves in and maintain that anger, right? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever forgiven somebody and then like walk out and just do the exact same thing to somebody else? How does that make you feel? Or how, how about if, if you forgive somebody and then they do that exact same thing again to you? How does that make you feel? makes you feel like you just want to revoke the forgiveness, right? kind of makes you want to wish that you were like this king, that you could just call him back in on the carpet and say, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me to, and now here you go off and do the exact same thing again. You don't deserve my forgiveness. You didn't deserve my forgiveness before, so that's gone, and you don't deserve my forgiveness now, because I'm angry, and you don't deserve my forgiveness, and I deserve for you to pay me back. That's the second wrong perspective. It's very similar to the first one. first one is just, the person who hurts me is going to pay me back. The second, just add that little part at the beginning, I deserve to have the person who hurts me pay me back. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. See, because the idea of revoking forgiveness... It's easy for us to read it into here, but it's not actually in here. That king didn't get all upset. God did not get all upset. Well, he did get angry. He got very angry, but he didn't get angry because the servant wasn't worthy of his forgiveness. He already knew that. That's why he had the massive debt. He already knew that he wasn't worthy of his forgiveness. And this wasn't because the king was somehow harmed by this. It wasn't, you know, the king taking this personally. No. This was because the servant did something else, something new. He failed to forgive. Something completely different. When you and I even have the thought of revoking forgiveness, when we go through that that same old thing where we have an argument one day, and the argument's done, and we forgive, and we make up, and we 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 move on, and then the next day we have an argument again, and we take that thing that we forgave and we pull that right back into today. Then we are forgiving forgetting how big our debt of sin was. And I say was on purpose. Because it really is gone. It's true that the person who hurts you is never going to pay you back. But that doesn't mean that there's no justice. That doesn't mean that God is just doing some kind of fancy accounting. Justice is real. Our sins are lifted off of us and placed somewhere. Placed on Jesus. Jesus, Jesus who has forgiven Jesus who has carried the weight, and not just carried the weight of all those sins, but paid for them, died for them. So that forgiveness really is real. It's real. See, there's only one way. See, here's here's a correct perspective for you. Jesus. Forgiveness in Jesus is the only way that a sin debt goes away. Forgiveness in Jesus is the only way that a sin debt goes. Relationship with God is now freedom, and peace, and love. And with other people, we're not just pretending that it didn't hurt. We're not just pretending that it didn't happen. We're not pretending that everything's okay. That debt, that debt that that other person owed us for hurting us, we're just not holding that debt anymore. Because that debt is now on Jesus. That debt is now on Jesus, and he took it to the cross. He bought it. It is his, and it is not coming back. It's has gone. To be this, to be unoffendable is a very difficult thing. To, to choose to replace anger with mercy, that is a very difficult thing. And so, Today and every day for the rest of your lives, you're going to stand at a crossroads. And don't misunderstand me. You don't stand on your own. You stand because you have been made to stand. You stand and, and loved by your God. You're able because He has an of How do you stand at a And there's two paths, right? There's, there's one that's easy. It's easy. It goes it goes nice smooth hill. It's very natural. It's very easy. It's the path of anger and bitterness and resentment. But that path gets lonelier and lonelier the further down you go. But then there's another path. The path of mercy. Forgiveness. It's a hard path because there are so many opportunities to turn right back off of it and down the path of anger. There will be so many days, so many people, so many situations. There will be people that stand right in the middle of that. They want you to fight with you, and they want you to be angry, and they're going to hurt you again. Forgive them anyway. Love them anyway. Love them the way God has loved you, forgive them the way God has forgiven you." And those hurts, those hurts, those those sins that have been inflicted on you, that have changed you, that have left a hole in you that is not going to get filled the way you want it to get filled, the ones that you've been holding on to for so long, that they feel like they're a part of you. And if you give that up, then you're giving up a part of yourself, of your personality, of who you are and what you do. Let them go. Be free of that. For you, Jesus went through a change for you. You ever think about that? The only reason Jesus has hands is so that he could die for you. He took on the flesh and blood of a human being so that he could be your brother and suffer just the way you've suffered and then suffer in a way you've never suffered. Give And our Father did. Forgave me. Put those hurts in His nail scarred hands. Trust Him with them. Because He knows how much it can hurt to forgive, how much it can hurt to let go. And he knows the joy, the joy of replacing anger with mercy. He's done the forgiving before. He did it for you. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ Sermon Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.